pleasure of talking to Jim Fairchild, who is from the band's Granddaddy and Modest Mouse, as well as Jacob Snyder, who is an incredible songwriter and composer, about their brand new project called Small Isles. In this interview, we talk a lot about skateboarding and how Jim and myself actually have a huge love for skateboarding, and we reminisce about old skateboarding videos. And it's kind of something that he saw when he was writing and creating this project. Because Small Isles is is instrumental and it has a total cinematic vibe to it. But both Jim and Jacob talk about how they got into music, where they grew up, how they ended up meeting at a coffee shop in Los Angeles, and how Jim had a lot of the first record all kind of figured out. He's been writing this record while being on the road with Modest Mouse in between sound checks or whenever he had kind of some spare time, he would sit and start coming up with riffs and, and writing what became this first Small Isles album. And when he met Jacob, Jacob just added this whole nother level to what he kind of already had created. And over the course of COVID and the quarantine, the two of them worked on a brand new EP together, which is going to be coming out soon as well. So they already have one full record out and another EP done. And the idea is just keep cranking out songs and build on this amazing project, make it more of a conversation in the sense of working with maybe film directors or animators or working with just different mediums of art and kind of building the project off of that. You can watch our interview with Jim Fairchild and Jacob Snyder on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Small Isles. Our podcast is all about you guys and your journey in music, and we'll talk about, obviously, the new record you just put out, which is amazing. I just watched the video, the animated music video you guys did, which is uh, awesome. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah. And Thank uh, you. everything else you guys got going on. So um, I always start with born and raised. Uh, where were you born and raised, Jim? I was born in a town called Fresno, California, raised in Modesto, which is a little bit north of Fresno. Um, yeah, in the Central Valley of California. Farm, farmland. Farm yeah, and I'm I'm from San Diego. I know a little bit about Fresno. Driving through there to go to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's, that's how most people wind up there on their way to Yosemite or San Francisco or. Sacramento. Sure. What was it like growing up there? I mean, it was a lot different than it is now. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, it was it was just kind of a small town at that point, uh, which meant something entirely different. You know, in the '70s and '80s than it does now, you know, like before, I don't want to go too deep into this, but before corporate America had made every town in the world the same Sure, town. <laughs> yeah, um, I got you. <laughs> so, you know, it was just a small farm town, basically. There were like not quite 100,000 people that lived there when I was a kid. My mm-hmm. grandfather was a farmer, so we spent a lot of time. He had a few different ranches, um, grapes, almonds, peaches, wow. um, walnuts, and my dad actually owns some of the property that he used to farm. Now the, the property where my mom grew up. That's um, cool. And it was just a cool, it was just a cool little town. There wasn't much to do and there weren't many people like, I'm, you know, I started out in a band called granddaddy, um, mm-hmm. which I joined in 2005 and there weren't very many people like us in the sense that I think we had a longing for, um, I don't know, 
a little more intellectual stimulation and cultural stimulation. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were still, you know, skateboard kids. Um, I was going to say, didn't you, weren't you like a, uh, you're a really good skateboarder prior to joining granddaddy. Were you, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't the best skater in granddaddy. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a decent skater. I can still Ollie and probably flip the board around when I get That's lucky awesome. and stuff. But, um, Jason was a, was a sponsored amateur, uh-huh. um, on the, on his way to going pro Kevin who passed away a few years ago, um, mm-hmm. sadly, but he was a really good street skater and, and also transition skater. And then Tim and Aaron are also good skaters as well. So yeah, we were all skateboarders. Um, and I, now that my son is three and a half, so I've been starting to skate with him. That's cool. I have a five-year-old and I've been doing the same thing. That's okay. how I got into music really was through school, totally. skateboarding videos. Like that's how I found out about, you know, Iron Maiden and Misfits and, and a lot of these bands because yeah, they're in these videos. And at the end, you'd write the credits and be like, who is Jamie Thomas skating to? What was that song? Like the time, you know, these random awesome bands. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool how that stuff happens and how it spreads the culture. Um, I was just, I was watching the other day. Um, the first time I watched it was, it was on silent cause my son was actually going to sleep, but I watched the new foundation video and I really love this skater named Corey Glick. Okay. And, um, he's, he's just an incredible dude, great style. Um, both like his skateboarding style and his fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's skating to a granddaddy song. Really? But, yeah. I hit him up on Instagram and I mean, granddaddy has been licensed a fair bit in, in, uh, skateboard videos and then probably one of my favorite professional achievements that i've ever experienced is that um jason lee the actor yeah and also he's former a professional huge skateboard yeah huge skater for uh he skated for what airwalk back in the day airwalk yeah and he started stereo with chris pastris mm-hmm. and jason's a huge granddaddy fan um he actually named his first son after a granddaddy song but anyway wow um, that's cool <laughs> he, has, he has a son named pilot who's now 18 almost i think oh my gosh but um pilot is also a good skater now um but he named his son after a granddaddy song but jason and chris from stereo a few years ago they hit me up and um they were like can we can we use this all All smiles was my solo project Mm -hmm. um they're like can we use this all smiles song this song called the brightest beyond for a stereo part and i was just like hell yes yeah that is so rad that is so rad i and it's it's awesome how huge the skateboarding culture became like it, how it's i mean it's more corporate now but in the back in the day it was like these vhs tapes and 411 magazines and like yeah. just trying to find videos and people's parts and now you can just go on youtube and watch it all but it was like there's something special about like having one of your friends we'd pull our money together to buy the new zero video or whatever yeah, totally. you know we tra- trade it around and it yeah, was man. just that was such it's- a cool culture it's still it's still a wonderful culture i mean as big as it's gotten um Mm -hmm. i still think that the skateboard community is is you know leads the way in in so many cultural respects you know like sure uh, even fashion like you said earlier that totally yeah absolutely the tone for people i mean look at like even when baker came out with like greco and those guys and eric ellington that started being like they had like this whole punk flavor that they brought to to certain brands that really wasn't, I don't think it's huge. Totally. Yeah. And it's still happening. My friend shoots, he actually did the press shots. We don't have press shots with Jacob and I yet, sadly, but my friend <laughs> who did the ones that are out there right now, just me, his name is Dustin Axland. He's also a Modesto kid, but he shoots for, you know, big fashion brands and 
big advertisements, but he shoots for Huff a little bit. And uh, oh, wow. those kids that are on, Huff, not kids, they are kids to me, but like right. Carlisle Aikens and um, Mason Silva, who just won Skater of the Year. Like they're, those guys are in fashion ads now. So crazy. That's so, that's so rad. I love that. And they're wonderful yeah, looking you, people, you know? Yeah, you came from that same, like that's exactly how I got into music. I read that you're a skater and I was like, this is, that's so dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a huge part of, who I am. And I think it's informed me a lot about, you know, I mean, Jacob and I were talking about this when we started talking, well, we were doing an interview last week and talking about some of the more automatic or reflexive or responsive, um, automatically responsive to your environment aspects of the compositions, particularly we have this EP that's almost done um, that we're going to start mixing soon that we're going to have come out later this year, which you know, everybody always thinks their newest work is the best, but I'm really, really stoked. And I was just listening to it this morning, the stuff where it's at right now, it's not quite done. But anyway, um, so much of what we have done has just been, especially the stuff that we've done together has just been based on like these very simple chord sequences and rhythms that I'll come up with. And then Jacob and I will just start piling on from there. And it, I don't think that that compositional style, which I really love, um, would be as available to me if I hadn't been a skateboarder. Just, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in the same way that you, if you, especially if you're a street skater, well, any sort of skater, but if you show up at a place to skate, um, mm -hmm. it's not gonna be exactly what you had in mind. It's not gonna be perfect. And you have to adapt to it and you have to respond to it with, with your abilities and with your mm -hmm. sensibilities. And um, I think that's also the, the Small Isles project I'm not just saying this because of what we're talking about, but um, the Small Isles Project is really informed by what skateboarding taught me from, at least from my perspective, like mm -hmm. um, just start, start someplace and be willing to continue going until, until you're, you know, having fun until you're enjoying it. And that's skateboarding taught me that straight up. Like that's, that's exactly what I was going to say, Jim. Like I, was not a skateboarder. I always thought skateboarding was cool. I did get a skateboard as a, as a, you know, a teenager, but I actually remember uh, when one of my friends, it was like in high school and they were like, you know, we got some downtime and uh, we're going to show a video. And it was my, one of my friends who was a skateboarder who just showed us a video that he'd made with his, his buddies like that weekend. Um, just like going out, you know, doing some, doing some skating and filming it and when you're like 15 16 and i'm sure jimmy can speak more to this but this idea of like oh wait like nobody told you to go do this like you just decided you wanted to go do it and then you just went and you figured it out and you made something and you just jumped in i think mm -hmm. that's a huge overlap with how we've made music is are we having fun and who knows where it's going to go and let's just jump in and so much of i mean a lot of people, there's always, there's a lot of sort of secondary talk about, you know, your press and promo and the record and what's the story behind it. And that's all well and good, but you have to just start making it. You have to get something that you can show to people. And mm -hmm. I feel like in a way, it, even though I was not a skateboarder myself, it feels like we're making like a skate video. Sure. I mean, that makes a lot of sense because back yeah. you'd go to go skating, you would just show up somewhere like Jim was saying, you, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know, like somebody might do something crazy. And then now you have a piece 
of what will become a part of your your video like if like the foundation video you're talking about like a section of that video was shot that whole video is shot over the course of a long period of time it's not like you yeah. show up to one spot film 10 tricks and then that's your your part in the video it's like you might get one little piece of mm -hmm. the part in the video that day and you might not you might just get something that's cool but it it won't make you know the part or it's just for yourself and it's something so cool about going out daily and trying to grab something that might be something that you end up using later in life or later. Yeah, man. Life. Process is everything, you know, like there's so many incredible examples um, throughout creative history. And I, I also consider skateboarding to be a very creative endeavor, not, not even as much of a sport, but anyway, like you just have to give yourself to it. And I think music is that way. Like I don't, one thing that I've learned over the last probably only a few years is that I used to feel bad about myself if I didn't like put in eight hours a day, five days a week at the studio. Mm -hmm. It turns out that if I do that, the results are generally speaking, like not as good. And the productivity is not as great as if I'm just, if I just make sure that I hold very tight to the idea of like three to four concentrated hours, fuck the phone, my current writing room doesn't have internet. The, the, like L the LTE is really spotty. Okay. So that's, it's a total advantage. I'm not uh -huh. there right now, but like, so when I go there, it's just, um, it's just do this thing. You know what I mean? And I think that if you carve out that space for yourself and, and, and for the endeavor, then, you know, the results are going to be good. And that's, you know, skateboard videos. That's so much of what yeah. the, I've watched a few of those people you know, work on tricks just at parks and stuff. And like, for, first of all, the, the bar is so much higher now because they do it all the time, but, but still like they're going to do that trick. And if it takes them 15 times, they're going to do it, but it's, it's process and practice. And what is at the core of that is a love, you know what I mean? As much as there might be a drive for results, there's a love for that, for that thing. Sure. It's like shutting out every, like you said, you're shutting out everything aside from what you're really focusing on. Like with skateboarding, you could leave your phone in the car and go skate for three hours and not worry about yeah. what's going on there. It's just focusing on whatever trick you want to learn. I mean, I even still go out with my, I have a five-year-old and a 13-year-old and we just go skate the skate park. I mean, screwing around for a few hours, you just get lost. You know what I mean? You just like, you get lost in the time and you come mm -hmm. back and you're like, wow, I was out there for two hours. Like what? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. incredible. Yeah. And I think also Jim, like when we, for this, for this next DP that's coming out, um, a big moment was when we realized as we were, you know, working on this music remotely over Zoom with our mobile rigs and just wherever we were um, starting to arrange these songs, record and arrange these songs. The big turning point was when it was like, all right, I think maybe we just, this is our day now. Like maybe it's multiple, maybe it's multiple times a week, but if it's not multiple times a week, this one day a week is our day. And then we'll just show up. And that was our, um, deliberate um schedule and it just like just checking in you know and like that's the equivalent of you know it's just that kind of commitment you do you commit to something once a week and then all of a sudden you 
you look up kind of like after two hours of being at the skate park, we've been, we've been going back and forth over zoom now for a couple of months. And now we have an, a whole body of work. It's really exciting. That's so cool. And real quick, Jacob, I didn't even get your story. Where were you born and raised? I was born and raised outside of Philadelphia in oh, wow. the okay. Western suburbs there. And how, how did you get into music? Because you guys, you're more of a composer, right? A songwriter composer. Right. Jim and I met in L.A. Um, through a mutual friend really serendipitously at a coffee shop. Oh, and, interesting. And we realized we had some friends in common. And um, I think what we realized quickly was just how fun it was to, to bounce ideas off of each other. Um, and yeah, I've always been writing songs, um, making my own records, writing with other people. And then in the past couple of years, I've gotten into producing people's uh, records and then composing for film and TV. So okay. we definitely had that. We definitely found that overlap of like a love for instrumental music. And, mm -hmm. and then Jim started showing me what his some of his latest ideas were and and you know i i was like oh maybe you could hear this uh this like vocal line just sort of not any not singing any words but just kind of making something textural with the voice mm -hmm. and and we just kept started trying things and i mean that seems to be the biggest kind of overlap is like let's try it you know mm -hmm. that's my only rule when i'm working with anyone is you know there's nothing worse than someone being in a room and someone says i i have an idea and someone's like uh I don't think that would be good. I don't think it would sound good. It's like you're either an a-hole or you, uh, or you're a mind reader. So, right. and most of the time people aren't mind readers. So <laughs> just try it. Yeah. You have well, to try it. And we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, like Jacob's in really good company saying that. Cause I was listening to, it was Rick Rubin was featured on a pro podcast. It may have been with uh what's the dude's name. Um, it's called the moment Brian something. Anyway, he's a filmmaker. He, so he was interviewing Rick Rubin and Rick Rubin's like, I always try everything because it's just quicker. Like if, if your answer is indifference or no, mm -hmm. there's inevitably going to be discussion and all this stuff, this debate around it, which is just like, oh, it's energy wasting. It's time wasting. So somebody's like, I hear this, cue up the track and do it. And everybody's right. going to know immediately, including the person who had the idea, probably that like, that works that's worth pursuing or, or refining or, it or it's like that's uh, didn't yeah, really instead of arguing about it like oh well that's not gonna work yeah it is i trust me it's gonna work no it's not like you could you spent all that time right. when it was just like right. just try it real quick <laughs> totally and like that's that's been a big thing with jacob and i and um i mean you'll you'll you can hear the results a little bit on the record mm -hmm. but you know we've really again refined our process a lot since we started working on this new ep and December and we're really close to it being done now but you know there's been so many times where either one of us is just like how about this ba -da 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 -da, whatever against that it's like mm -hmm. da -da -da. and you know immediately like we're on to something or it's like it needs to be shifted fewer notes longer notes whatever but the thing needs to exist for there to be any discussion about it this mm -hmm. as Jacob was saying like mind readers I don't know I don't know any of them and I know some smart people you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally yeah. Well, you like, I mean, I love the, the feel of the record. There is that real cinematic feel to it. And even going back to skateboarding, like I could, I could hear, I could listen to your record and just see like these beautiful, like shots of tricks and like slow motion or whatever. Like, it's just, 
has a cinematic feel to to the whole album and i love it so i mean that's been one of my objectives since day zero is uh i know or i shouldn't say i know i'm kind of like instagram friends with a few pro skaters and um shit i'm just gonna call them out because hopefully they'll call me like people like leo romero or dakota servold Corey glick uh aaron homoki like a few of those dudes i i want them to like send me 20 tricks one time and and we can we can score it like i would love to score a, a skateboard video that'd be so cool i don't know if anyone's done that to be honest because it, it's know. always taken elements from other rad songs like we said like that's how i found certain bands but i don't think anyone's ever taken a whole skateboard video and really wrote a score to it yeah i don't i don't believe that has happened i mean or like if williams william strobeck who makes the supreme videos and mm-hmm. was on alien stuff greg hunt is also a uh you know video maker who's done amazing stuff like if greg came to me if william strobeck like uh like Tyshawn I would love it if Tyshawn came and said like you know he's like a full-on New York street kid but Mm -hmm. but but is also now one of the most successful and and greatest skateboarders in the world but I think like the the cinematic nature of something like that because a lot of times what happens is you know people go toward hip-hop and rock rock or rock which you know works beautifully with skateboarding Uh um but I would love to also because I think that it's such it's just such a, it's the coolest thing you can do. Like skateboarding is the coolest mm-hmm. thing you can do. And so uh, like, it's such a, it's such a grand thing. And not that again, you know, not that rock and, and uh, hip hop fall short, but I would love for a skateboard part at some point to be treated with like, I'm going to score this. This is like, this is real art, you know? It really is. It's, it's especially, I mean, it's always been, but now the, the level of skateboarding is just so beyond where I was at. Like when I was skateboarding, it was like guys like Peter Smolik and like the the Osiris dudes that were doing flip tricks to like a slide or grind and then flip trick out. And it was like mind blowing. Now these guys are doing that. The the small, like these guys that are just flowed by a company are doing that like in their sleep. Totally. totally. (laughs) It's like, it's crazy, but uh, I would love to see that. I would love to see, a score you guys score a skate video that definitely needs to happen <laughs> yeah supreme i mean william stroback and supreme get at us we're we're ready yeah do it. killer um well so did, did this project kind of start jim like as something you were doing on tour with modest mouse like that's what i read kind of like it was it did it yeah I that mean, way totally i would uh you know i was trying to come up with ways to um just be more well positive on the road really also productive you know because um i would go for my run in the morning and then uh i stopped drinking in 2016 after congratulations years, years doing that thank you so did i i just got my four-year chip i'm holding it right here oh nice work. <laughs> well done thank you i got a quarantine one it says quarantine and it uh i should show you but it's got the aa founders on the front here and they're like in masks <laughs> oh sweet Let's see if I can get it out of this dumb bag. Hang on. But yeah, I, I quit in 2016 as well. Oh, Her. well done. <laughs> Wonderful. Nice. Yeah, nice but work, man. that's cool. But, um, um, but, so you so go I for a run, drinking. sorry. <laughs> and, yeah, so I would, I would wake up Away from me morning. here. <laughs> no, no, man. We're, we're all in a conversation together. Congratulations. <laughs> but I would, I would just, you know, I would, I would wake up and 
do my run and get the morning stuff out of the way, you know, talk to Natasha for a while. And then uh, I would have, there's hours between when all that was done um, and sound check. And so it started like I, there were on the first run that I really brought an actual mobile rig out that was functional. Um, I made a few pieces that I would just like record and bring the members of Modest Mouse in. And um, I'd be like, Hey, you know, you guys, I just put down this chord sequence, add anything you want. I don't care. I'm not going to direct you. And so there were some cool things that came from that. Um, but it was also, you know, everybody's just got different energy throughout the day and everybody's energy doesn't have to match mine. And I started to feel like I was, you know, the, the weird Friday night lights football coach when people didn't necessarily want that. Come on guys, let's be productive. <laughs> so I just started or continued doing it, but I wasn't asking people to jump on anymore. I was just like, making stuff, making stuff, making stuff. So it was around that time when I met Jacob, I was meeting my friend, this guy, Tom DeSavia, who's in the publishing world. Um, I was meeting him in this cafe in Westwood. And then Jacob walked in with his manager, David, and there's this guy named Tony Berg, who, you know, is a really great producer and just That's, name sounds familiar. Yeah. I mean, Tony, he's a, he's like, you know, he's been, at labels he's an incredible producer him and blake mills now run uh sound city and van oh wow is, okay um you know tony's worked for, with everybody from like peter gabriel to you know his co-produced both both of like phoebe bridger's records and like wow what else jacob michael penn and all, all i mean he's, he's mm -hmm. amazing he's, he's mm -hmm. just like and has worked with jacob and so anyway jacob and his manager were meeting tony who i've known for a long time and Tom and I are like, Hey, Tony, what is it? Oh, this is Jacob. Okay. So let's, let's hang out sometime. And then these little things that I had started to develop on the road with Modest Mouse, the ones that I liked the most, um, I think Jacob and I maybe tried to get together for a couple of days. And the first day we may have come up with some sort of song. I don't remember exactly. I think we actually did make a songish thing that never got finished, but then he showed up in my little writing room in Culver city one day and like walked in and I was working on life at one, just getting a little, the one the song for the video mm -hmm. um the earlier early version of it and you know he's like what is this oh it's just something i'm working on you if you want to try to throw something to this try it and then you know just a few hours later there were all these stacked harmonies and um my wife natasha made these these beautiful like ceramic bells mm -hmm. and so jacob was like what are those over there oh uh let's let's try to throw i was like oh they're bells you know natasha made those i was gonna uh, mount them and use them with mallets and he's like well takes a drumstick and this i've said this a couple of times but this is one of the coolest things about working with jacob too is that you know um in my experience you know because jacob is is totally formally tra formally trained um and i have some of those skills but i but i definitely don't have really much formal training and a lot of times what happens when you encounter people who do have that formal training it's not as easy for them to be as like innovative sure and um it's kind of hard as, for them to break out of what they totally. know right like knowing certain like theory like that doesn't work like that doesn't go with that kind of completely thing. Like, yeah i completely. can see that and, and jacob is is not that way at all like you know he's he's a lot more the type of person who looks at a ceramic bell which is meant to be like used with mallets <laughs> and he's like let's play it this way and we start treating it with delay and reverb and you know just make interesting sounds and interesting harmonies and things like that. And so um, that, that was one of the earliest flashes of like, this is cool. I, I'm, I really like the results of this. So, you know, he came back a couple of more times and added to stuff on the record. 
And then once the record was done, mixed and mastered, and you know, I also I'm the director of A and R at Danger Bird, so wow. we we're talking about how to uh, what this record is on what's now an imprint of Danger Bird called AKP. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about how to roll this record out. And in those conversations, I was realizing that all my favorite moments on the record were the ones with Jacob. So I hit him up last summer and I said, Hey, I've got a few more ideas. You know, what if, what if we actually like treat this thing like a partnership rather than you responding to stuff that I've written? And I'll just like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, send you all the normal caveats. Like these aren't done. Maybe I should be self-conscious about these, but I'd like to be less self-conscious with you and just say like, here's basically a chord sequence. And so we started um, collaborating, you know, it was during full on peak COVID. So, you know, Jacob, like a bunch of demos and um, we just started getting on Zoom. And then over the last few months, we've done a ton of stuff and we now have this EP that's almost done. And uh, a a woman that Jacob went to school with, Sienna Peck, she's added these beautiful strings to one of the tracks and is going to add some to, I think, maybe a few more. And then, um, and then we want to start playing this stuff live. Like we want to, I really want to have like this, like big, almost like as big as death heaven sounds like Mm -hmm. massive rock sound, but then to have the beauty of like, you know, some of the classic like Elfman scores or Johan Johansson or like Mm -hmm. Max Richter. I want to, I want to combine those two worlds in a live thing as well and just crank out a ton of music. Like I have, you know, the, the seeds of at least, I don't know, a few albums worth of stuff. I just, wow. I'm always like, so what, you know, we, we can just, my objective is to, to totally treat this like, you know, Metro Boomin or, or Lil Wayne and just like get a lot of music out there. Seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, and it sounds like, cause you already put a record out this earlier this we, year and you already have another EP almost. Yeah, We just put this record out last week. It was released last Friday. And then we have another EP that, you know, I hope to be sending it to Mike Creswell who mixes all of this. I hope to be sending this, you know, the, the files to him like in the next few weeks. And then we should have a mixed second EP done. I don't know, hopefully like late July and then out later this year. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm curious, Jacob, you have, you know, formal training in this and did you go to Mm -hmm. Berkeley or did you go to like school at one of these big conservatories or? Well, I, I got my master's at NYU for uh, film scoring and <laughs> there <you> go. <laughs> or- orchestration. There's a little school and- that he went to called NYU. New York University <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. near Washington Square in the yeah. village. No, that was so, th- so, and that was amazing. Like I, and also Jim, thanks for saying all that. And uh, I'd say that like, the interesting thing is I, I, I do have, a lot of formal training, like studying music for, you know, in school, but I also, you know, I'm a, I'm not a great sight reader. Um, I, I've always experienced music by ear and I've just always loved- He has a crazy ear. It's fucking- Are you like one of the perfect pitch people that you could hear a note and just know? I'm not exactly that guy, the, the perfect pitch guy, but I do have what's called- perfect relative pitch so if you gave me a note then i could tell you if you played another note i could tell you what it was um but it's more like like phenomenal um, (laughs) yeah i mean and so but i've always experienced music 
you know, by ear. And when, when I was like a teenager, especially that was when I was like, whenever I heard something that I liked any song, pop song, rock song, jazz, whatever, I just needed to know what it was. So I would go to the piano and just figure it out. And then it was like building a vocabulary of just the way that that chords move and in a variety of genres. And so I, um, yeah, so that's the formal training of it is like going to school for sure. But I've always just played in bands and I've written with people. And when I was making that record with Tony Berg, um, I was thinking a lot about arrangement and thinking about, you know, how you place uh, elements in the stereo field and creating a unique sonic palette and just like, just starting to get really into it, into record making and, and, and building up, building up songs. Um, so I try to combine both, you know, you, 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 what did they say? The Mark Twain thing is like, I never let my education get in the way of my, I, le- I never let, what is it? I never let school get in the way of my education, something like that. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So <laughs> that's how I feel about that. That's cool. Well, I mean, wow. So you, yeah, obviously you have a great ear. You go to NYU, get your master's in, in film scoring. And I, like, so then when you guys link up, it's like, Hey, I already have this instrumental music. Do you, what can you, you know, what are you going to add? Like you guys, well, even, is that kind of even formed? more than that? It's been like, that was more the case on the, on the record, but on this okay. one, it's been like, here's basically, it's almost like a loop. Like here's me playing in most cases, like, here's a principal melody, here's a mm-hmm. chord sequence, but it just kind of like goes for a few minutes. And then we start, just start carving it out. And you know, really the way, I mean, the, the thesis statement for this project is imagined scores for imaginary films. And so when Jacob, you know, and it's, it's really when we, the way that the, like all the ideas that I have for future recordings and stuff that some of which Jacob hasn't even heard yet, but I'm just trying not, I'm trying to like, if something gives me a mood that gives me a feeling of like, this could be a cue, this could exist in the movie. I just put it down and then I get, and then I want to like present it to Jacob. I don't want to have like an objective in the same way that like, and then however he responds to that, it's just a conversation. It's just like, Hey man, I love blueberries. Found some fresh ones for breakfast. That conversation is going to wind up wherever it winds up, you know, right. in the next few minutes. Right. Um, and I would say, let's and, make pancakes. That's where I would go. <laughs> right. And so ex- that's, like truly that's what i'm so i don't you know it starts and it and it goes and like um so with the imagined scores for imaginary films like idea you know here's here's a main melody and here's a chord sequence basically or here's a rhythm or something like that whatever the whatever the like constituent parts are that start the conversation but like just jacob will just throw stuff at it and then i'll reply you know it's just it's just back and forth it's truly conversational and then once you know, I kind of have these groups of, uh, of ideas like this EP that we're just getting done with. Um, I, I was just picturing that movie, the last black man in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So like if the, if the chord sequences made me think of that, like the colors of San Francisco, that light, that kind of like constant overcast, like that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Then it's just, and then, so then Jacob and I just start doing stuff and he's like, here's a melody, here's a texture. And he'll, he, he does these things called, he's like, here, here's our band. So it'll be like, this is like, you know, fucking glass harmonium with cello with 
like boom, boom, big double bass or something like that. And then start making right. melodies with that, with those pictures. And then it's like, where are we going to place those to, to imply this visual narrative? Because, you know, the objective is that we want to, you know, we collaborated with Riley who made that incredible video for life mm-hmm. at one. And the collaboration was a little more like, this is the idea for the video with the song. Where can you take it? And he took it someplace that I could never have imagined, but I would like to even do stuff earlier where it's like, Jacob and I are presenting these like these kind of sonic moods. And then we exist, those start to, you know, exist in reciprocal conversation mm-hmm. with, you know, dancers, with filmmakers. Oh, with, sure. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. what I would love to see. Or even like, you know, talking yeah. about somebody like William Strobeck who makes the Supreme Scape mm-hmm. videos. Like if he came to us and was like, right. I got a couple clips. I want to do longer shots. It's all going to be lines. It's all going to be like, four right. tricks or more something like that then it's like jacob and i could go cool here's four right. cues what do you think and then we start going back and forth like that's that's what my yeah objective I is think, for this project go ahead jacob, you know, i was just gonna jump in and say that in sort of in the way that like this collaboration is very responsive not not everybody makes music and thinks how can this be responded to either by Mm -hmm. a filmmaker or dancer or a skateboarder? But I think very specifically, we're like, we're making music to be responded to, to be integrated into some other activity, into some other medium. And the thing that I was going to say, Jim, to just sort of like uh, bring a little more color to the picture that you're describing is usually you're not just sending me like a couple chord progressions on loop really it's it's more like there is a actual structure and it's a a composition that has arcs and peaks and valleys and i think like if you're thinking about someone that dancing to it or making a film to it or Mm -hmm. skating to it they're not going to want it to be the same thing the whole time it's not it's not at all a loop it's more like this is a moment where there's a big crescendo and then this is the moment where the drums drop out and then at the end it's the drums and the bass and the strings and the guitars and everything right it's like mm-hmm. there's a beginning and the middle of an end and an end and usually that's what jim's been presenting to me which makes it um which makes it a lot easier in terms of thinking about themes and textures and things like that and mm-hmm. well okay, yeah so to, so, to, to, to further clarify that to be responded to. oh sorry i was gonna say to further clarify that like if there are like structures that are there um i think you know the the flourishes are they're they're totally implications in the early stages and you know uh when when jacob and that's the magic of it is like they would just be these kind of like rote blah 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 blah, blah things mm-hmm. without like the dynamism of of the two of us like really digging in and thinking about like how could this you know how could this add to a story Mm -hmm. like you know i like how how you have the conversation aspect like including a different medium it's not like a basic song structure like okay we're going to write an intro and a chorus and a in a verse and a bridge and then that's it it's like you could have a piece and then if you collaborated with somebody like a, a filmmaker or an animator then it's like oh well i that this part will be really cool here but what if i did this and then you could go oh 
you know, what if I add this to that part to kind of build the story along as it kind of evolves, right? Is that kind of the concept? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's something that we've talked about a lot too, is like not being hemmed in. I mean, I love songs. Like I've made my life around songs. (laughs) That's what I've done. But, and the, I consider these songs and I consider these like very listenable compositions, but they definitely Mm -hmm. don't adhere to specific like song structure, generally speaking, especially Mm -hmm. with some of the new stuff that we're working on today. Like I, I was listening uh, to it this morning and I was just like, man, these, these structures are just like, they're fucking bizarre, but they're very listenable and really mm-hmm. beautiful and like intriguing and magnetic. And that's, that's also a really fun thing too, is like to think about, because, you know, there's ways where you can go like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to be hemmed in by uh, convention, but then, but then it's not that listenable. Which, sure. you know, that's also, that can be an objective for music too, is just to make like noisy stuff that like gives you that sort of like uh, sensation of, of friction or anxiety or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I want our music to be beautiful. I want it to mostly, you know, like there, there can be tension, there can be darkness, but I want it to be like, you know, I want there to be melodies and I want there to be texture, which enhances those melodies. But it's really cool that you, I think the experiment for us is like another part of it is, to make songs, to make music that can be listened to, but, but also surprising, mm-hmm. you know, like not, not in any way, like first chorus, like there might just be stuff that drops out at some unexpected moment, but right. you know, you structurally and a, arrangement wise make that exist, you know, like also another thing too, thinking about the visual medium is like so often you know, things in our lives, the best, the best stories, right. That we could tell the reason why they're great stories is because it's unexpected. If I'm sitting down, I'm like, Adam, Jacob, check this out. And then the story is back to breakfast. Like (laughs) the story is you guys, I made scrambled eggs and toast this morning. And you're like, fucking who cares? You know, like that's, that's not a story. Right. But you know, if there's some, if there's some other thing, okay. if it's like I made scrambled eggs and toast, but the most but interesting missed- thing is that a toucan walked in. What's that, Jacob? <laughs> He's stalling right. through. Someone yeah. knocked on the door. Oh, yeah, exactly. Someone oh, knocked sure. on the door, yeah. and they had a toucan on their shoulder. <laughs> and then it turns out that the toucan actually knows how to drive a Lamborghini. And this really happened, you know, that's a much more interesting story. Sure. And that's something that you would listen to. That is a trippy story. <laughs> um, but, you know, like what I'm saying is that, that those, those things, those, you know, especially as we get further and further into like peak capitalism, the stories are, yeah, just have the potential to get fucking weirder and weirder. And as mm-hmm. we encroach more and more on nature, they have it, <laughs> the potential is there for it to get weirder and weirder. So, you know, like I, I really like the idea of uh, our music being very listenable in most cases and very inviting and beautiful and melodic, but not needing to adhere to like, this is this followed Mm. by this followed by this. And you know, and you've heard it a million times. I like that. Yeah. And I, and I think you've accomplished that. I mean, from what I've heard on that first record, it's amazing. And it flows beautifully. It's one of those records that you'd put on and listen to it from beginning to end it's not like okay i want to skip the track three or you know oh, what cool. i mean like i feel like there's something to be said about a record that you could just put on and 
and sit back and wait for it. Not wait for, but listen to it front to back. Oh, awesome. That's great to hear, man. Thank you. That's and awesome. And I'm sure there's a reason, and, and I've gotten to this with people before about their records. It's like, I know like there's a reason why you chose song three to be song three and song seven to be song seven because it, uh, how it sonically moves, I would yeah, imagine, absolutely. right? Absolutely, yeah. And is that totally. was with this record like was it difficult to kind of weave it all together like that or did you like when you're writing these compositions is it like okay I have this one done and then life at one done like how am I going to blend sonically blend it into like a cohesive kind of cuz it feels like it's like a cohesive piece like you know how it runs through Yeah I'm I'm stoked that you think that I mean the sequence was definitely it was difficult in the sense that uh, there was a rut that I was stuck in, which is that, um, so this, this piece of music was meant as like, it was meant to serve as a mood board for Ang Lee and Rick Moody to come together and uh, write some sort of like um, sympathetic sequel to the ice storm, not a direct sequel in the sense okay. of like the same characters, but um, a, a parallel story in the fabric of time with different characters. So it was meant for these songs were meant for uh, the inevitability actually that Rick Moody and Ang Lee are going to come together <laughs> and like um, use these songs. As a nice man. Yes, for, dude. Will and, it, will it into the universe. <laughs> and then they, you know, uh, and then this would serve as a mood board and the cues for that, for that film. Um, so at first I, I was really like stuck, like, okay, I'm going to make it. So the first cue is the beginning of the film. And then we'd go through, uh, you know, act one, two and three, and then, the last cue, but as it turned out, it just, it just didn't function that well. Cause the, the, the song that closes it now, the plot to take Clover, um, mm -hmm. that, that was an earlier in the, in the movie, the movie as I was picturing. Oh, uh, sure. Okay. But it would just, it just didn't work as a record, you know? So mm -hmm. it was obviously because the movie doesn't exist yet. Um, you had a shift, more, you shifted it, it to the that, uh, end of the record. Okay. Yeah amazing and were you guys you said you met at a coffee shop that's originally how you guys met mm -hmm. um and you had these songs jim and when did it start as okay let's put this together and kind of create a project like where was like i'm thinking time period wise like when did covid kind of happen and did that affect your like process all this stuff that jacob did on the record i mean he's so quick he did it all especially you know because when we're together it's it's even so much easier but he did it all in like I think seriously like two days or three days or something. Oh, wow. Quick. Okay. Like, like less, than, like less than a total of seven hours, probably. Oh my God. He just did it all. Um, but so that was the first record you guys just kind of hammered it out on the ideas yeah. that you currently had, or you had from you right. were talking about with the, well, like on the road with modest mouse or whatever. Yeah. And then the new, the new EP, I mean, so, so basically again, the record was done and then I just called Jacob. I kept thinking about it you know, and I'm trying to get better as I get older about, you know, getting the stuff that I want to happen to happen. So I'd been, I'd been, you know, chopping this out in my mind for a couple of months. And I just called him one day and I was like, I love the stuff that you did on the record. Can we figure out a way to do more of that? Um, and it took a couple of months cause you know, the, the realities of COVID and, and, mm -hmm. you know, geographical separations and all these different things. And so finally we just decided like, well, we both like this idea. We need to figure out a way to do it. So Jacob just hooked up his, his interface to zoom. And we, you know, we had, it was different Mondays for a while, Tuesdays for a while, but we just like would get together for a couple of hours in between 
our other responsibilities. And, but it, it still is pretty quick. I think that, you know, our, we we're, we're lucky that so far, you know, we, our aesthetic really like jives, you know, it, it mm -hmm. we combine well together. So here's a chord sequence. Here's a thing. Jacob has these great ideas for melodies and harmonies and, you know, it's all pretty quick. And, and, no, and quick again, time. like when the weird stuff happens, there's this song called, uh, well, um, let's see, it's, it's, it, it doesn't matter the current title. There's one of the songs for the new, cause I don't, cause I'm going to change it. But, um, okay. <laughs> one of the songs from the record where Jacob was like, I think like half joking and half serious. He had this, uh, this idea for this great vocal to stack like these staccato little bursts of like activity. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's it. That's the thing. Like that's, that's the hook for this whole jam do that. And he's like, okay. So he just stacked up all these different, like, it's almost like it's very dreamy, borderline nightmarish but it's really cool and i don't think that i've heard it done before it's hard to describe music you know but um that sort of stuff i just like it's again it's fun and it's easy and it's exciting man like it's because it's a total hook in a very unconventional way and you can picture it like going with something visual mm-hmm yeah we, yeah adam you've got to we've got to send you at least a like a, a rough of of uh of the new stuff so you can get a sense of what it is we're talking about i would love to hear it i'm super excited like i said i love the record that you guys have out and i'd like i that's i like listening to film scores and it totally has that vibe like the one of my favorite ones to listen to is the social network one that trent Reznor did with Atticus totally. ross like yeah. yeah i just think the piano and like everything they did in that is just so cool and like beautiful like so when i was when i'm working you know on the computer or whatever i'll have that on just like uh that that soundtrack <laughs> it's just totally. so random but i love it it's it's yeah. there's and i feel like that's kind of how what like a team you guys are kind of like a team like they are where it's like what you're doing is so rad and it doesn't need any vocal as far as like words and and that type of structure to make a really awesome album oh thanks for saying that yeah i mean yeah I, thanks for that and i can't wait you know till um you know, we have the ability to just get together in person more often. Cause sure. I know, you know, it's, it's, I mean, the, the hard work is to get the stuff to be right, but the ideas, the, the triggering ideas, um, you know, knock on wood. Um, that's, it's never been a problem for me to just come up with a million like chord sequences or drum machine mm -hmm. patterns or something that's again, starts the conversation. And the best thing about that, you know, at, again, as I get older, but like, to me, collaboration is everything. Like I, I used to be like, Oh, I need to sit down and do all this myself. Cause I can play bass and I can play guitar and I can play drums and mm -hmm. I have to prove to myself and everybody else that I can do it. It's like, <laughs> fuck that. I just want to make a ton of great music. And right. the best way to make a ton of great music is to be right. surrounded by great collaborators. Cause that mm -hmm. pushes you. You want to impress them. You want to respond to them. You want to like, you know, do justice to that notion. Mm -hmm. So I can't wait for us to be in person and just like dig in and do that. Like, surrounded by pianos and guitars and keyboards and just like yo dude what do you think is okay great and then he's got a weird <laughs> yeah. series of chords underneath it and then we're like we're moving you know mm -hmm. right Hopefully sooner than later i mean stuff's starting to open up a bit and i hope you guys are able to get together a lot more totally. often you know yeah yeah i'm finally get, coming back to la right after the fourth of july for at least a week and so maybe we'll do something then and then if 
and then you know yeah as the world starts to open up a bit um yeah yeah it's just it's it's really i I was gonna say jim that it's also yeah it's like tempting to do stuff on your own and there's some projects that are going to be totally solo that's just the way it goes you know but um but it's it's more fun when you when you're able to like be a part of the give and take and be a part of of something with somebody else and you know the best thing you can do when you come up with something and that you think is great is to show it to somebody else you're going to hear it in a different way you're going to think about it in a different way you know even if that person doesn't end up being your collaborator it's just like you know the music that we make is supposed to be showed to, uh, it's just, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be shown and it's supposed to be performed it's supposed to be enjoyed and so i think when you start getting into that mindset of like okay who am i showing this to and when's the live show and what are we wearing right and what does the music video <laughs> look like like sure, sure those are all the fun questions as opposed to like what am i trying to do you know mm-hmm. as as much as what am i trying to do there's like what's the music video and what's the wardrobe as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that same vein, do you guys like when you you talk about having a live set and making it big and and everything? Do you feel like you'll have a storyline like the Life at One video, like to kind of goes along with your entire live set? Or yeah, I mean, it- I would love to have I would love to have visuals along with that. Gotta um, have visuals. Um, Granddaddy, along, so cool. we started that in two two thousand, um, just because we weren't that exciting to watch. <laughs> and also people used to always say that granddaddy was cinematic music. So we just actually started having a screen behind us, which not a ton of bands were doing that then, but it was, it was really cool. And it was always a fun process. And I, you know, this music certainly lends itself to that. And Jacob and I are already ta- brainstorming ideas for other visual collaborators, you know? Um, yeah. But I really appreciate the, you know, the Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I mean, what they've done is, is so cool. And like, some of their relationships with filmmakers thinking about their relationship with David Fincher, for example, where they, it is a conversation from what I understand, like very early in the process, you know, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I think it's important to know what our objectives are and Jacob and I have talked a lot about that. I mean, just like getting conversations going with, with filmmakers and, and, you know, yeah, I think yeah, it's only a matter of time before you guys are scoring some huge things because it your the record's rad and I would love like that skateboard video thing needs to happen because that's gonna be so sick. <laughs> yeah, Greg Hunt, William Strobeck, we're we're here, yeah. we're ready. Right, right. Oh my god, yeah. Well, so I mean you guys are working so quickly, you have another EP ready to go, and then are you just gonna keep keep moving on to the next? Yeah. I mean, that should be in mixing soon. And then, you know, um, I, you know, I, I've, this time that we've had Natasha and I have had with our son over the last year and a half without a ton of help has been absolutely incredible. Like we, you know, we're so bonded to him and we've had such amazing experiences, but it's also been very um, taxing in terms of our schedule. Oh, sure. So he's, he's just finally going to start actual preschool. You know, it's, it's safe enough again. Uh-huh. And so there's going to be, time for these sorts of things again it's not yeah it's hard to work around a child (laughs) i know your pain (laughs) in a sense (laughs) i won't be quite as wrung out and you know like i have the responsibilities which i want to make sure and uphold with danger bird as well because you Mm -hmm. know signing artists and making sure that their records get done but i really look forward to having 
you know, a, a few more hours a week where I can dedicate myself to music. And, and this right now is, this is my project, you know, like uh, this is where I want to put my energy musically. And, you know, I think there's, there's a window. I remember it with granddaddy and, and um, with a few other things that I've done where it's like, you have all of that energy and you have the ideas and you can see where it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. So before, you know, again, Lord willing, I want to have these, they're not problems. I want to have these um, additional things to deal with in this project, but before uh, there are other forces involved, I want to make sure that Jacob and I have like a lot of music. So as soon as this next EP goes into mixing, like get to just, it'll probably still be zoom, you know, he's still on the East coast, but just to carve out even like four or five hours a week where we're just like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think we can get a lot of work done. Sure. I mean, you guys are working Absolutely. quick. I can't wait to hear this, this new EP. It sounds like it's going to be fantastic. And oh, real quick, uh, Jim, this is a kind of the danger for things like a new endeavor for you. Right. And isn't that didn't happen pretty, I mean, not too long ago or am I? Yeah. I mean, I, I was consulting for them in 2019. Okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, started like late 2018, all the way through 2019. And then they needed a new A&R director in right before quarantine happened. Um, and so I had already signed, I was running what's called the Microdose series and that's just the single series. Um, okay. So I was running that for them. And then um, once they needed a new director of A&R, then I became that person. And so, yeah, we've, signed a bunch of really cool stuff and uh and you know with with the existing people people like matt costa yeah on the label and you know he matt's incredible um but you know there's there's a bunch of them so oftentimes you know it's it's uh my responsibility to just like get things across the finish line and help people you know get their records made and get their songs done and so that's been really really fun and and um you know has also i think in many ways made it easier and I for Jacob and I to easier for Jacob and I to launch the, uh, the small aisles project because, mm-hmm. you know, with the AKP imprint, um, I know all those people at, at danger bird so well. Right. Um, and there's a real understanding for what it is that we're trying to get across. And it's been, it's been awesome. That's awesome. I'm sure that's pretty rewarding for you also to see, the excitement in bands and remembering probably that as growing up and, you know, seeing success, like, you know, being able to, to choose an, or pick an artist and, you know, say, we're going to back you. They, that's got to be a big moment for all these, these people. Yeah, I think, I think it is. And, you know, the thing that I've discovered too, is I, again, collaboration is everything for me. I, it's, it's kind of starting a couple of years ago is my mission statement. I, you know, just being a part of making music, that's, that's the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I, it just winds up that, you know, granddaddy got signed in 1995. So I've been doing this for a long time now and, and uh, have just accumulated a lot of, I don't know, weird esoteric knowledge that <laughs> yeah, a lot of people a lot have, of, you know, a lot of knowledge in the industry, I'm sure. Yeah. And ha- how to make records and what all the, you know, machinery and, and, Every, yeah probably everything that it. goes into it i mean even on the back end the business side i'm sure totally so to. totally so 
it's it's really you know i also think that there's a there's a responsibility that i take very seriously to you know thinking about artists like we just signed an artist called jordy she's just out of high school or like this band millie the wow. i think the oldest member of millie is 24 maybe um you know i think that there's a responsibility if you've been doing this for long enough to like try to i want to you know take somebody like millie who i've now known for a couple of years and and um hopefully like all the stuff that i've learned and the mistakes that i've made make it so that their entry point is kind of my mistakes are embedded in their like initial knowledge base so hopefully they don't have to make they'll make plenty of mistakes because everybody does but they don't have to make some of those same big ones you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's just like you're paying it forward like you know they get to learn from a veteran in the industry right yeah i mean i hope that's that's how it is and you know it's just exciting to it's exciting for me as a musician too to be around you know people who are at that stage in their their hungry and yeah Yeah. and yeah ready to work totally that's that's incredible and yeah uh, thank you oh go ahead go ahead jacob oh no you go ahead adam no 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 it's (laughs) it's all you I was just going to say that I can speak to that. There's a, a, a band that I've been producing and um, the younger brothers and I showed their music to Jim and his kind of advice from someone who's been in bands, who's at a label, uh, just being able to kind of refocus a young, a young band or a young artist, more music and keep putting it out because young artists and, and young bands they before they're just making their best record and then you can have something to talk about sure i can yeah yeah i mean that's but like i don't know i think i also think that again like look to hip-hop um <laughs> you know, mixtapes, that culture and shit, like they got it right. They weren't waiting for like the gatekeepers to say like, uh, yes, it's cool. You can, you can go through. We, we, like, they were just like, you know, people dig our stuff. We're going to make a bunch of it. Yeah. And they're hustling it. Like check out my record. They'd be out, you know, you'd you'd see hip hop people with their CD in San Francisco with like a disc man and like their record inside. Like, Hey, check this out. (laughs) Like I got it. Five bucks. This is going to be, you know, sell that shit out of your trunk, man. Yeah. So cool. (laughs) And you know, so that's what I think is just like, and also that's, that's been a big inspiration that younger energy too is um, with, with Jacob and my project, you know, like I, I don't take for, well, it, I don't take it for granted because it doesn't exist. Like the fact that I'm in one like fairly successful band and one very successful band, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that people are going to like what you do. You just have to like make good music that you believe in and get the word out there. You can't take anything for granted about how it's going to be perceived. The only thing you can take for granted or the, not it's take for granted. The only thing that you can do is make sure that when, you know, Jacob and I are, are closing in on finishing a track if that if that thing if that sense of like wonder and and enjoyment if we're looking at each other going like fuck yeah this is great this is really cool we're stoked about this like we get goosebumps if that happens with us the chances are better that it's going to happen with other people but you still just have to do that thing you gotta you gotta hustle to make it and you gotta hustle to make people aware that 
it exists, you know, and create your audience. And that's, but that's been so formative for me. I, I, for sure, there have been times in my career where I'm like, well, I, I've got a little bit of notoriety or acknowledgement even or whatever. And so mm -hmm. then there's just going to be more of it. And that's not the case. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I, actually that really plays into my last question for you guys is if you have any advice for aspiring artists. And I know you've been hitting us with a ton of amazing things, especially with all your knowledge of this whole industry. But I, I don't know if you have both of you, if you have any advice directly to aspiring artists. Jacob, you, you got anything? Yeah. I mean, the thing that I've been, um, that I've been thinking about a lot, my biggest piece of advice is if you're going to make a record, it is, it is going to be that it's going to be an artifact and it's going to ideally live on for a long time past you and you're putting something down, you know, that uh, like the best thing that you can do if you want to make a record is to focus on performance. And if you want to get good performance conditions, the conditions around the artist, right. The, the conditions need to be right. So, you know, and that might be on your iPhone. That might be in the back of your car. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be at a big time studio. Maybe it is. Maybe you only do your best when you're in front of like a bunch of people looking at you through the glass, through the control room. But you have to figure out what it is that makes you tick and how you can deliver great performance. Because um, mm -hmm. there's so many people who can sound good, great guitarists, great singers, super talented. But um, it's more than like getting the notes right. You, you need to be able to deliver a performance. So get the conditions right get the conditions around you right so you can deliver something special. I love that. Thank you so much, Jacob. Sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And and then that way it's going to be just to re reply to that. It's going to be uniquely yourself, which is, which is the, the best thing that you can do is, you know, process all of these things that you like, all these influences and let them come out of you, not imagine them coming out of someone else. Cause I think almost invariably the music that we look to, that we love that sticks with us for a long time, you know, whether it's Beatles or, uh, you know, Bjork or, uh, Justin Vernon, like Kendrick Lamar, you know, mm -hmm. like the greatest, um, those people there, there, you couldn't look at any of those four people, four artists and say like, yep, they were great. Cause they were like, the stones, but, but better or whatever. It was just like, right. that, you know, Bjork, you listen to something like hyper ballad. It's like, mm -hmm. what the fuck is happening? <laughs> sure. You're talking about walking to the cliff and throwing off cutlery and car parts. And like, you know, like, <laughs> like this weird, like fast beat against like these big straight. It's just like on paper, none of that makes sense, but it's so singular. And it's, it's like performance is so crazy. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. like, I mean, chill is just like, that's the best. You're the best that you're, you're Bjork, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Debut is like one yeah. of the greatest records ever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, she is just like, and you know, but there's, there's, or listening to something like Kendrick Lamar, you know, I remember, I remember listening, we had just moved to New York and, and then I'll, I'll but it's just singularity, like um, listening to, um, uh, or there's backseat. Uh, shit. Hold on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, let me get the name of the song again. Um, Cause it's, it's important to the story. But at the time um, we had just moved to New York and I was listening to almost exclusively um, this record. It had just come out the art of peer pressure, like the perspective that he, it, I think that's one of the saddest songs. It's one of the like most airtight indictments of late capitalism, mm-hmm. but the perspective that he's, and j- I'll say, just listen to it. I'm not going to try to like summarize it, but the art of peer pressure is like, it's a perfect song. And a big part of that perfection is because he is representing and exhibiting this very singular and unique perspective that everyone can relate to, but there wasn't mm. that much, you know, going on in contemporary storytelling at that time, which, you know, there's this like aggrandizing thing, but then this dim- dominionizing, uh, uh, it's just, it's, it's just a fucking beautiful. It's perfect. It's perfect. So I love that. Be yourself, you know, (laughs) 